Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast, sponsored by WebSpire. It's June 1st, 2009, and this is episode 193. As you'll have just heard, the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast is now proud to be sponsored by WebSpy, the internet monitoring, analysis, and reporting specialists. Now, I know you're probably thinking that this has nothing to do with photography, but many of our listeners are technically minded people that may well have a use for WebSpy products, so I'm very excited to have teamed up with WebSpy and we'll be getting a landing page set up for us within the next few days. And MBP podcast listeners will get a 10% discount off all WebSpy products if you use the discount code MBPWSY. To find out more about WebSpy and how they can help your business, visit webspy.com MBP. As I say though, it's going to take a few more days to get that landing page up, so if you're downloading this before June 3rd, say, 2009, the page might not be available yet, so do take a look after that. Also, as it's the start of June, that means that there's a new assignment coming up, and WebSpy have been kind enough to also provide some prizes, so we're going to cut off the accumulated scores to date and start a series of six assignments to find the winners for those prizes. Listen up at the end of the podcast for more details on this. For now though, let's get into the main topic for today. With all the great fine art inkjet papers available today, it can be difficult to find your paper, the one paper or maybe two or three types of paper that you turn to for your high quality fine art prints. Testing papers can be costly in terms of both time and money. Until now, my method has been to print my favourites at the time and a few prints that I, I know are troublesome. But it can be difficult to judge just how good or bad a paper is based on photographic images alone. Last week I described what I decided to do about this, which is basically to make a test image containing both uh, photographic images and scientific charts that I would build into an archive of the various papers that I'm interested in and that I have available to me, of course. Last week we went into much more detail about the test itself and now I'm bringing the results to you, but I won't repeat all of that this week. If you didn't listen to episode 192, I suggest you go back and listen to that first, as much of what I'll say today won't make much sense without that. Note that I have now released the standalone PDF that I mentioned last week as well. It includes the text and images that I mentioned last week, as well as the contents of today's episode. There's also a zip file with all of the loose JPEGs that you can grab there online. I put the, um, the links to those in last week's episode. I didn't put them in this week because I didn't want people to grow, grab them again thinking they were new files. Uh, so you'll, you'll go back to last week's show notes for that. Um, I've also made the test image itself that I created available. Again, didn't put the link in this week. i rather go back to last week for that. That's a pretty big file and it'll give you the ability to print out these test prints up to around 13 to 19 inches. The PDF that I just mentioned by the way is available either in iTunes as a download or from my podcasts page at martinbaileyphotography.com. Let's jump right into it now though and take a look at how I got on with the remainder of the Fine Art Inkjet paper printing tests.
Last week we looked at the results of my gloss and satin paper tests. It is important for me in this test to, or in this set series of tests, to identify a gloss or satin paper that is nice and heavy so that the viewer can enjoy not only looking at the image but holding the photograph in their hands as well. Weight is an important factor here, as well as the image looking great. In addition to the traditional wet darkroom photograph look that we, we really covered last week, I wanted to also catalogue and compare my smooth rag fine art papers, as well as the heavy textured fine art papers. Today we're going to look at the results of these two sets of two groups of tests. So first the smooth rag fine art papers and then we'll move on to the heavy textured fine art papers. The first one of the first group, the, pho the photographic rag or smooth rag papers, is Museo Portfolio Rag. This is an extra smooth matte finish paper and you'll be able to see from the scanned image that these rag papers are nowhere near as dynamic as gloss papers. Rag papers do complement um, many types of image and also pretty much anything printed on them looks good if you frame it and put it under glass. It's as though the glass or sometimes perspex as, as we see more these days, lighter as well so a good option. Uh, and it doesn't break, especially if you live in a country like Japan where earthquakes could easily knock them off the wall. Um, anyway, I digress. So, you know, if you put these um, rag papers under glass, it kind of adds the gloss back, uh, that gloss finish back to the paper. And so you really end up with the best of both worlds. Even with that in mind, though, you know, I'm not all that impressed with the Museo portfolio rag. It's overall a little bit too washed out for me. And again, that red cell on the left is not red. Uh, the black spots on the, uh, the, the, the flower lack punch here. And the hue separations and the gamut, gamut chart are nice. And the, that ball of buckets at the right above, you know, the, the right top side of the, the colored flower is good as well as a pretty smooth sort of transition in the Granger chart, but it lacks overall punch, even with the fact that it's a matte rag paper in mind. By comparison, I was pleased to see that one of my old favourites, the Hani Mule Photo Rag, came through very well. Now, that Granger chart is wacky, I know, but you can see that this paper has a lot of punch in both flower shots, with very smooth gradients and relatively dark black for a photo rag. And again, one thing that I keep coming back to is that red cell. Here again, it's red, which is a good thing. Um, it, if anything, for a rag paper, the Hanimuli photo rag is maybe a little bit too punchy. But it holds this well in both the black and white and the colour images. And so for this kind of paper, pretty much remains my favourite. Except for the fact that when handheld, um, you know, because it's a very thin paper, um, it doesn't really feel that great. Now, I'm, I'm going to add something here that's not in the PDF because I've already published that. But today, uh, one of our friends in the forum, Morton, did point out that um, the you know, Harney Muley do do a various, a number of different weights of this photo rag. I touched on that slightly in the PDF uh, in the conclusion, but I should just mention here that you know I'm I'm really here using the 
um, the Canon rebranded Harney Muley papers that I can get easily in Japan. Um, but you know, the photo rag is available in different weights, so it's definitely a contender here. So the next one that I looked at is the Harman Matte FBMP paper, which I found to be a very close contender to the Harney Muley. The red is uh, very close too, and the Granger and Gamut charts are definitely better. The overall look is very slightly muted uh, compared to the Harley Muley photo rag, and the greys are a little bit too dense. Um, but when you think that the Harney Muley paper is perhaps even a little too punchy for a rag, then Harman may be onto something with this matte FBMP paper. The next one up is the Canon Fine Art premium matte and this uh, this was a very nice um, paper for the black and white flower I love the look that I got there and the Granger and Gamut charts are very nice too I was disappointed with the separation between the color flowers uh, bokeh ball there and the dark background um, you know the separation wasn't that great there um, it's just too sharp a line in general and again Canon missed the mark with the red and the the green and blue in this uh, on this paper for that matter. It's not so expensive though uh, this paper. So for a black and white image, uh, you know it might be still worth giving a try. Next up is the Bidier, uh Fine Art Rag PN62 paper. Now this is this paper I like in many ways, especially as a black and white uh, paper. That flower looks great. And the Granger and Gamut charts are simply beautiful, though perhaps a little on the pale side. I'm not so happy with the red cell again. And the gradation of the Bokeball in the Colorflower chart is pretty harsh, which is not really that surprising uh, because I used the same profile uh, that I did for the Canon paper. Um, you know, it, it, just because that was what I had to do. They don't have a Canon, uh, a paper, sorry, a profile for this paper and printer combination. In general though, it's a very nice rag paper. If they do come out with a profile that maps the reds better and improve the gradations, this will be a serious contender. It looks great and feels really nice too. So next up is the Canson Rag uh, Photographique 210 GSM. It's a beautiful paper when it comes to the black and white flower and the gamut chart there looks great. The profile maps uh, some of the greens, uh, the green area there as yellow. And, you know, so you can see in the, the Granger chart, um, you know, maps things, maps part of what should really be green as yellow. And the line between the background um, on the flower, the flower shot there, the line between the background and that ball of bokeh is a little bit too harsh again. A little on the thin side as well for hand-holding print paper. Um, and the red is a little bit off. Um, but all in all, it's a nice paper. So that's that's the rag papers and conclusions here. Um, I really still very much like the photo rag for image quality. And my tests have reinforced this. But as I touched on earlier, the problem that I have with my readily available Harney Muley rag uh, you know, stuff that I can get easily enough in Japan. Um, it's really a little bit too flimsy. Now, 
I probably will end up ordering most of the paper for my projects from uh, B&H in the US anyway. So I'm, it's really not a big thing. Um, it's just that, you know, to me, the stuff that's at hand is a little bit flimsy. Um, on the other hand, the Berrier uh, Fine Art Rag is 315 GSM. So you can really feel the quality uh, when handling, handling this paper. Um, with those sort of very subtle colours and overall quality, I'm thinking that this is a contender for more subtle or subtly toned folios that I might put together. I didn't like the fact that the Bridier paper did did uh, make a bit of a mess of the gradation on the the ball of bokeh there. And again, the red was slightly off. But if they make that uh, profile for this paper, definitely a contender. I'll review this decision again if that happens. Uh, I'd say that if I need a photo rag for a project that will be hung behind glass, then I'll you know, I'll definitely go back to the Hanimuli photo rag at this point. And if the print is to be held in hand, my decision would probably be to go for the matte FBMP paper from Harman. This is not a photo rag strictly, but it's archival quality burrito paper, and it's very nice to hold at 310 GSM. So next we're going to move on to the textured papers. These are often very heavy fine art papers. Um, the first one that I looked at is the Museo Max. Museo Max is a rich paper with great color and black and white image reproduction. And we can see from the Granger and Gamut charts here that it's well balanced. It's re reproduced the buckyball at the top right of the color flower very well. And the black and white flower image is, is again simply beautiful with really wonderful tonal qualities. The red is just a tad on the weak side, but overall it's a very balanced paper. I could probably overlook that red for the benefits that the rest of the paper gives. The only downside is that this paper is a tad on the thin side at 250 GSM, at least compared to the other papers that we're about to look at. The next one is the Hanimule Museum Etching Paper, and this is heavy at 350 GSM, the heaviest that I've tested. In fact, I've been using this paper for some time now, and it's, this paper is so heavy that I had to source wider tubes to, to ship fine art prints around the world um, because it didn't like being rolled tightly enough to fit into my regular shipping tubes. Colour reproduction here is, is great, and the paper has those rich reds as well. The Granger chart is a little bit wacky, like the photo rag from Hanimule. But you can see how rich this paper prints. Uh, you know, in general, the colours are very, very rich. The gradation of the buckyball is a little bit on the harsh side as it goes to black. Um, but, you know, a very smooth gradation. This paper definitely remains a favourite. I, I just looked up in the, the recording software and realised that, the, you know, I'm, I'm putting the original test image in this podcast again. So if you've been looking at your screen with each paper, remember that the image, same as last week, the image that you're seeing is the same image for all of the papers that we're talking about here. So if you're wondering why they all look the same, it, it is the same. So, you know, you'll, you'll really need to go to the PDF or grab the loose JPEGs to check the, the difference between each paper. Sorry if you've been looking at that and wondering. Moving on, though, um, the next six papers are all from Canson. This is the discovery pack that I bought. 
The first of the six is the Canson BFK Rives 310 GSM paper, and this just blew me away coming out of the printer. The black and white flower is beautiful and a great chart, uh, both charts, as well as that buckyball on the colour flower, though it has a slight sort of harsh transition to black. The red is on the weak side again, not, not overly, but a little on the weak side. Uh, compared to the Hanimuli, I did feel that it lacked punch to a degree. Overall, though, it's a very nice, subtle paper worthy of consideration for a project. The Canson Arches Velin Museum rag at 250 GSM looks very similar to the previous BAK Rives paper. It's a little thinner at 250, but that's about the only difference. Again, the black and white flower is beautiful, the great charts there, as well as the buckyball, though it's slightly harsh uh, transition to the black again. The red is a little on the weak side, but again, it's overall a nice subtle paper. The Canson Edition uh, Etching Rag 310 GSM and the last paper, the Velin Museum Rag, have a, a texture similar to the Hanimuli Museum Etching Paper. This paper has a slightly sharp line around the buckyball uh, on the colour flower shot, but again, very nicely balanced, subtle tonal ranges and colours. If that red was there, it would be a firm winner for sure. The next one is the Canson Arches Aquarelle Rag. This is a 240 GSM paper. Very similar paper to the last as far as the colour and tonal reproduction is concerned. There's still a slightly sharp line around the buckyball on the colour flower shot, but again, very nicely balanced, though the red is off a little. The thing that uh, really hits you with this paper, though, is the very heavy texture, almost like a canvas. Not a favourite, uh, but it would definitely have a place in the workflow of a photographer looking for something different uh, texture-wise. The Canson Monval Aquarelle 310 GSM paper is again similar in colour and tonal reproduction to the other Canson papers. This paper has a deep texture, but smooth, not harsh. The dimples that make the texture are big and smooth, like I say, there's a strange sort of transition to black around the buckyball that doesn't really show well in the scanned image. Uh, and again, the red here is a little on the weak side. The last paper from the Canson Discovery Pack and the last one that I looked at this time around is the Canson Mitions or Mitiontes or whatever. Uh, this is a uh, 170 GSM paper. Uh, this is, in my opinion, you know, it's got a slightly richer set of colours and tonal, tonal qualities. The black and white flower here has more punch than some of the other Canson papers. The gradations are nice and the red is actually a little closer to a true red than many of the papers that are off. Uh, this is a specialist paper though, it has a honeycomb style texture that you can see in the scanned image pretty well. And this will have a place again for some, some people's work, but I personally think that this, uh, this kind of texture is a little bit too ordered. I prefer a texture to be more random than this. So the conclusion for the textured papers, it's really a very close call here for 
for me at least, um, the Harney Mueller Museum etching and the Muse Museo Max um, are very, very close. The Harney Mueller has that wonderful rich red, but the Museo Max is overall better balanced, I thought. Both have very similar texture, though the Harney Mueller is heavier. When it comes to price, Harney Mueller Museum etching is $100 for 20 sheets of 13 by 19 inch paper, which is $5 a sheet. Compared to the Museo Max at $63 for 25 sheets or $2.50 per sheet. So it's about half the price. I would do a few test prints on each paper you know, of the actual images for the project. In fact, well, obviously I'd, I'd print every one out. Uh, before I made this a commercial product, but you know, as I as I get back, you know, into the the actual project of the the folio, the fine art folio that I'm I'm putting together, if the lack of rich red was either unimportant or un unnoticeable, I would almost certainly go with the Mu Museo Max here for my choice of uh, textured fine art paper. Now. I want to, I've actually just received, before I started to record this, I've just received an email from a listener. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't note your surname down, but I remember it was from a person called Julian who mentioned that, you know, that it would be great if we could get a, you know, a comparison of, of costs, of prices for all of these papers as well. Now, I mentioned quickly in a, a really quick reply before I uh, turned off my PC and turned the Mac on to record, um, I I didn't go into costs for a number of reasons, and the main one um, for me is is time. You know, I didn't want to make these things this uh, this series too big. I expected it to be one episode. It actually turned out to be two, and it's been a lot of work putting this together with the PDF and that as well. So I really didn't want to get into it for that reason. Um, but also, prices do vary by you know by country. If you try to buy locally, then you're going to find that the prices are different. Um, papers here bought in Japan are generally a lot more expensive than the US. Uh, like I said earlier, I buy a lot of paper from B&H. I buy a lot of my stuff from B&H in the US. Um, but, you know, it basically varies. So you'll need to do, you'll need to look at that yourself anyway. Um, but, you know, by all means, I do know that uh, people are going to be looking at the price and it it's going to it's going to mean more to some people than others so you know if anyone does want to put together a comparison of prices uh, then that would be great to see in the forum at some time um the last reason that i gave to julian for not um putting including this though is that for me um price you know i'm i'm definitely not as frugal as i should be but for me when it comes to quality price is usually the last thing on my mind I would rather pay more for a good quality paper and, and have my art be as best as it could be than scrimp on price. Now, here, the, the reason that I'm making this um, comparison is because really the Museo Max is a very, very well-balanced paper. Um, the only things that I could, I, I could put against it is that the red is slightly weak over the Harney Mule. Um, but as I say, if for my projects, the the red being that rich is not important i would definitely consider the museo max because in general just look at the charts it's an overall much better balanced paper so thanks for the note on that anyway julian i'm sorry for sort of the quick reply that i sent before i uh, you know jumped onto the mac and started to record i do appreciate the feedback and thank you very much for listening
So that's it for my recent printer tests. Now that I have decided on my testing process and done my first batch of prints, I'm really excited that I have this reference to guide me when I'm trying to decide uh, you know, which paper to use for, for any given project. With most of these papers being absolutely wonderful, I really don't want to rule any out fully. The projects that I jump into will always dictate the paper to select, and the paper may in turn guide my decisions as to what images to include in some projects. Having this reference to build on though puts me in a much better position to make the right decisions than before. I hope that you enjoyed walking through the tests with me and that uh, you know it will help you in some way to either decide on your papers or at least to help with similar testing. Remember too that these are my um, my own personal tests, although you know I'm, I'm making them public, but they're really uh, my own sort of semi-scientific approach. And so, if you're in doubt, you really should run your own tests before making any decisions on you know whether to rule out any of the papers that I've talked about here. So before we finish, uh, as I said in the intro, we have a little bit to talk about uh, with regards to the fo uh, photo assignment. Our new sponsors, WebSpy, have kindly put some cash uh, together for us to, um, to buy some photography-related prizes, and this is really, really cool. Uh, thanks again, WebSpy, for this. Um, so what I'm doing, I'm, at the moment, I'm still trying to work the logistics of getting the prizes to the winners. Um, you know, some places will not allow me to, to send things to certain countries and so, you know, there may be a few uh, restrictions, but generally I'm going to try to get things sorted out so that we can send prizes to pretty much anywhere in the world. And, you know, I don't want to say, because of that, I don't want to say exactly what the prizes will be this week. Um, although I do have them in mind, I'm still checking up a few things. Uh, but hopefully within the next week or so, I'll be able to announce the details and I'm sure you'll be very happy with the selection. Now, as people have been involved in the assignment for the last five months, since we cut the last one off at the end of 2008, um, people have been involved with different expectations and to give everyone an equal chance of bagging one of the new prizes, I'm going to make the May assignment the last one for this batch and give the member with the most prize, the most um, accumulated scores a rain ticket prize now this is something uh, it's a little bit self-indulgent uh, but i will send the winner the very first fine art folio from the project that i'm working on at the moment now production hasn't started yet i'm still trying to put a few things together to get this to make this happen but it will happen and it should happen within the next few months um, and you know once that's done I'll be in a position to sign the first set of prints. There'll be 10 to 20 prints in a folio. There'll be fine art prints on one of the best papers that we spoke about here. Probably um, the, the one that we spoke about last, last week, the Harman uh, gloss paper. And basically the folios are going to be numbered. They're not going to be limited, but they're going to be numbered and I'm going to keep zero. I, I want there to be a number one that goes out into the market um, but you know zero is going to be like my my final prototype where I put everything together and package it up in the folio and that's going to be put away um, in my own personal collection sorry about that but uh, number one is going to be um, available to sale to the first person that orders any of the folios that I start to put together and 
number one of the very first one that I put together is going to be the prize for the person that wins the most uh, accumulated votes for the last five months of assignments. And, you know, so, like I said, a little bit self-indulgent, but these are going to be pretty special folios, uh, even though I say it myself. And assuming that I become rich and famous as a photographer in the coming years, I, you know, hopefully someday this will be worth a lot of money. The new set of assignments uh, will be, again, monthly assignments and will run for six months um, until the end of November. So that's six monthly assignments. When we finish the November assignment and all of the votes are in, the three people with the most accumulated votes for the six months will receive the prizes that WebSpy has kindly sponsored. So to make sure that you're in with a chance of winning, one of the prizes. Let's start to work hard on the coming assignments. With that said, I just locked the May Nothing in Focus album and turned on the voting system. And for the next two weeks, uh, we'll be voting. Please do take a moment to vote as there are some great images in the assignment album again this month. It's over at mbpgalleries.com. The June assignment is courtesy of Morton Goldberg and the theme is everything in focus. This is the opposite of course to the May assignment uh, and a great idea so many thanks to Morton for that. So let's get out there and see what you can shoot with everything in focus. The subject matter doesn't matter, we just want everything in focus. This is probably going to be the most difficult assignment that I, I will have taken part in. So thanks to WebSpy for providing the coming prizes and thanks for sponsoring the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. And that just about does it for this week. You just have a great week, whatever you're doing. Bye-bye. The Martin Bailey Photography Podcast is a proud member of the Photocast Network. Find this and other great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com.